0: back to the What's Cooking podcast. We talk to food and drink entrepreneurs about their businesses, how they got started and what gets them out of bed in the morning. For this episode we interviewed Clem, founder of Yoga Brunch Club. Yoga Brunch Club hosts beautiful events in really interesting spaces. Clem is on a mission to make yoga more accessible and she created this idea of the Yoga Brunch Club to get people out who maybe haven't tried yoga before and get people together around a table eating really delicious food. So it was really interesting hearing more of Clem's story and how her previous experience has led her to this business And Clem also shared her personal story of how she got into yoga and how she runs the events and the logistics of it. This is our final episode of season four. Really sadly, Kat was not able to make this recording. But we're very much back together in a couple of months for the start of season five. Hi, welcome to the podcast. Okay, so to start off, what was your first ever job? First ever job, ever. <laughs> well,
1: I guess I was I was a waitress in a uh, Mexican restaurant. I won't name the name, more, but <laughs> <laughs> put me off Mexican food for about a year afterwards. I'd say. Um, so I guess yeah, I did that kind of normal waitressing work, and then. Um, did some jobs in holidays, kind of working for summer schools and things like that, but I'd say my first proper, proper job was, um, I was at art school in Manchester, so I studied embroidery, which is actually a degree, (laughs) amazingly, Um, and I was looking for work in London, aren't you, wanted to move down to London, and wasn't entirely sure what that was going to entail, but I stumbled across a website called The School of Life.
0: Have you heard of them? No, I don't think I have. So they're
1: based, uh, I think they're probably still based around Marchmont Street, and I ended up doing an internship for them for a couple of months. Kind of, It was a tiny team when I joined, um, it was only about five of us, and it was one of those jobs where you kind of, everyone pulls all their resources and you kind of just muck in on everything which was such a great learning from coming from uni and kind of mm-hmm. just being thrown in and, and you know just doing like all round of like photography or like making food for you know 50 people or just like all the like it was, it was such an interesting role as an intern and actually that then turned into they hired me after the internship and uh, I ended up being their events manager by the end of so I was there for five years, and okay. so the school is a really unusual, unusual setup because it used the idea behind it is it's set up to be like a school for the mind. So the idea is you go to uni, but you don't really learn life skills. Mm-hmm. And so they wanted to set up. Uh, it was started up by Alan Devoton and um, and a load of other creatives and artists, and they wanted to run courses and workshops on things like how to find a job you love and how to be calm and how to balance work with life and how to be cool. <laughs> <laughs> and we um, we had a whole faculty of different creatives and artists and thinkers and just amazing, really inspiring freelancers and they used to come in and teach sessions in the evening and then we'd run weekend workshops on photography or um more like street photography or kind of more foodie ones and just really cool interesting ways of like getting to know london and i just i loved it i it totally i think set me up for the work i do now because Mm. i just learned so many skills from it and met such inspiring people who were doing just jobs that you know you don't even hear of or you don't even actually you'd never know existed before like when I was at uni so it was just it, I think being thrown in there and I was like 20, 24 sorry, and I was working when I was doing the internship I was working as a waitress at the same time and then going into that job and just completely just yeah it was, it was great I, I, I learned so much and as events then became like my kind of main thing and that's where a lot of my background's in and um, and
0: yeah yeah it was great. Yeah, that sounds amazing, and what a way to absorb all those different, like you're saying, skills and mm.
1: no, and I think working
0: it, with creatives.
1: Yeah, and I think because it was such a small team of us, again, I think that's where you you just really learn on the job, and you kind of have to just like you know you get 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 like I think one time we were the catering hadn't happened for an event, and I ended up having to make like 150. <laughs> <000 days. laughs> And then otherwise, I'd be there at the front of the room, you know, working and hosting and welcoming people, or I'd be like behind the scenes doing loads of like spreadsheets and admin, and it was such a hands-on job, and I'd sometimes be working and creating events with 500 people, or it'd be like down to like 10, 15, and so it was, um, yeah, it was a really big learning curve, but I, I, I loved it, it was, it was a great job
0: just a perfect experience for Yeah, good yeah I know.
1: because well, we used to run like conversation dinners where we'd do it and they we'd have a speaker who'd lead a session and we'd kind of, you know, do like a dinner with Gandhi or something like that. And we'd go to an Indian restaurant in London and um and then we'd have a whole talk around it and the whole evening would be themed around uh, that and lots of questions and things in the menus and um it was yeah, it was it, it definitely informed a lot of a lot of the work I do now.
0: That's cool. How did you get into yoga? So I started yoga when I was about eighteen. So
1: I'm thirty-two now. So I've been doing it for a long time. I I kind of did. Uh, I think actually my mum initially was like, "Oh, I think you might like this." And it's so funny, isn't it? <laughs> mum seems to just know stuff sometimes. And they, um, and then I went to Church Hall and did my first class, and it was like. I wasn't really totally convinced, if I'm honest, yeah. it was kind of like, you know, but definitely changed so much now, and there's still those great church hall classes, but it was pretty cold, and I, I think I was still quite young, and but it's kind of stuck with me, and I then went to uni, and was studying um, up in Manchester, and I actually started to have a lot of issues with um, my joints, so I... Had just serious like uh, woke up a lot with serious pains in my hands and I kind of bobbed it off as as, as nothing or you know just never want to go to the doctor and investigate and mm-hmm. anyway it started getting a lot worse and I was really struggling and obviously with the degree I was doing I needed you know yeah. <laughs> I essential yeah um, so I went and had a few tests and it turned out that I had uh, rheumatoid arthritis. Um, which is basically when it's an autoimmune disease and it kind of means your body's almost attacking itself. Mm. And, you know, there's no reason why you get it. It's just by chance. Um, I wasn't a hugely or haven't been a hugely kind of stressful person, which is what a lot of autoimmune diseases they sometimes think is a cause of. But um, I think it was just a combination of things that that happened. And... uh, and I was just really not in a, in a good way. It was the main kind of... It normally targets different areas of your body, and it was mainly in my hands and my knees and my feet. And it was just a lot of really sharp, strong pains, a lot of fatigue. Um, you kind of often would get a lot of flare-ups, which would mean it would be much worse at times, and then other times you could kind of um, manage it. Um, I ended up having to go on to loads of drugs, loads of tests, so many doctors and hospitals. And, you know, I was like 20, 21, 22 at the time. And I just, um, I was so scary. Mm. Just, I think when you don't know, and they hadn't diagnosed it straight away, so I didn't entirely know what was happening. And, um, and through that, I kind of, when I was on the, on the medication and when it really bad, I couldn't really do very much movement and I and then found a fantastic um doctor, a rheumatologist who helped me a lot and I went on a course of medication and it started to improve and get loads better and I was just able to manage it and I mean strong medication and stuff you don't want to be taking for a long time but basically if you don't take it then it means you can like end up with Damaged, damaged joints, basically mm. like just horrible, nasty stuff. So medication was, what I decided, was pretty essential to take. And um, and once I was on that, and I was definitely improving, I ended up finding my way back to yoga. I just started a class up at university to a local gym, and just found that it was a really nice way to kind of slowly start to find a connection again with my body because I'd lost so much control of it through this illness and this disease and I just was so, I just felt so separate from it and actually Mm -hmm. yoga ultimately is about building a connection with your body and your breath and I couldn't do a lot of it at the time um, but I just liked going to the classes and found it as a really useful tool and a way to just have yeah that time with with me and on the mat and I then carried that on and it's been a constant in my life when I moved to London I was working at the School of Life a yoga teacher used to come to um the office every, every every few days and teach down in the classroom and it just was totally hooked and just, and then started up home practice and it just really went from there and when I left um the job I decided to do a training, a teach training, I went to India for three months and ha- wasn't really planning on teaching, I just, I wanted to go travelling and I wanted to have a little little bit more purpose for the trip and mm-hmm. just decided to do a training as part of that and um, the training wasn't, the first training wasn't amazing, <laughs> I, I loved India and I had an absolutely incredible trip travelling around there but... The, the course was, and this is what I always say to people whenever they're looking to do a teacher training or wanting to maybe go into the world of teaching or taking on a yoga course, is do your research. And I kind of got won over by being by beach and being in the sunshine. <laughs> when I signed up to the course, they were like, you're not allowed to sunbathe. You're not allowed to, you know, go down to the beach. And I was like, "What?" <laughs> 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 some kind of prison no anyway I met some incredible people on the training and my practice like doing it was a month course and you know I was practicing six days a week and uh I felt just yeah best version of myself because I was just glowing like I you kind of practicing in the heat as well it's a completely different experience mm. we're getting at like 5am and doing four hours of yoga a day and learning so much about the history of the practice and um, that was great but the teacher was quite militant and yoga is taught very differently in India to to, to the west so I which isn't a bad thing either I think it's it's really useful to go and learn over there and also to learn over here but I think when I say do your research I just mean if you know you have a teacher that you like, you know their style, find out where they taught, find out what their journey was, and actually doing a training where you live, or say you're in the UK, or you live in London, you know, it's really useful to actually do your training here, because you have contacts already, you have studios, you probably know mm-hmm. you're going to be able to get cover, you're going to be able to actually, like, build a network, whereas if you do a training sometimes, especially your first training, like, abroad you can you know you have this magical experience for a couple of months or a month or a few weeks now and there's some really crazy short training um and I think that happens you know in a different part of the world and then when you actually have to set up being a teacher it's it's hard it's it's you know you're like I know a lot of people say it's a saturated market there's still loads of work out there Mm -hmm. but actually there's work because you can you you can start teaching in a studio that maybe is local to you or um yeah like you've got a favorite teacher that maybe will just let you assist them and I, I just think that really allows you to build on that experience whereas if you go and do a training for like three weeks and you come back you know and I kind of did that from India I came back and I pretty much it's like ah, oh, like well, what do I do now my sisters were like Teaches a class, and I was like, "Ah!" Oh. <laughs> um, so then I did another training because I actually realised that I really wanted to teach, and I really loved it. So um, she did another training in London, which was longer, which was three months, and I was working alongside that. And um, and then I had a really nice connection with a studio in Wimbledon, and they took me on, and I started. To teaching pretty much full-time, actually, from then, And, um, yeah, that, that was definitely a scary, <laughs> interesting start. I think the first class I taught was pretty scary, but I love it. Is There's something amazing about standing in front of the room and just sharing that knowledge with people mm. and seeing that effect that yoga has on people. I think that's what just a, a, I a love as you kind of see people come into the room at the start of the class and you know they're kind of carrying the weight of their day and then at the end you can just see there's just a lightness and a, a calmness and you can just you know see these kind of massive smiles and you kind of had that effect on someone just even for an hour or, or mm. however long it is that I think that's total magic of teaching help people
0: so. yeah it's really nice where did the idea for yoga Bunch club come from so i had that on my
1: on my second training when i was in london i um i was definitely in that plane like i'd been in india for three months and travelling around and then came back to UK in January which was the worst time to ever come <laughs> home from a long trip so don't ever do that. Definitely like what am I doing here? What? <laughs> I'm going to give back. Um, but then I, I signed up to this course which is great because I, I kind of had um, a little bit more structure of the travelling and, and then uh, was doing some more waitressing work and, um, and I just, I was working out how I could teach and actually make a job and a career out of it because, I mean, I did say, like, it is a saturated market, because, you know, god, everyone's still training for the rent, which is no bad thing, like, I think the more people that are doing yoga, it's great, um, and, Training actually, you don't have to do a training necessarily to teach. Now you learn even from a month or a couple of months, you learn so much about your own practice, which is just as much reason to do a training as, as to teach it. And I was on the course and just um, yeah, I was trying to work out how I can. When we when we did the training, they had a, a few business modules as part of the training, which was great. And the guy who led those was kind of saying, you know, how can you make yourself different? How can you be um, someone who stands out, and how can you really make money out of this? And I know a lot of yoga teachers, you know, there is that, is like with oh, art or anything, that funny exchange of you don't necessarily want people to pay for it, but at the same time, <laughs> you know, it's, it is, you've done training, you've, it's a, it is a job, and I think there has to be that has to be that exchange and I think you you can't do it for free it just
0: no but it's so difficult
1: when you enjoy it yeah and
0: I don't know yeah, when it makes you happy, I don't know, it feels like you shouldn't, yeah, like you said, you no, shouldn't no, have to no, it, pay for it, but you do still, like you said, you have to have your training, that's expensive, yeah. you have to still pay your rent, mm. and your travel, and and you have to keep training, like as a yoga yeah. teacher,
1: you can't just do a 200 hour course and that's it, like, no. you just, you know, if you're in an in office job, or, or other work, you're you're going to be spent on training courses you're going to be doing stuff and adding to your skills and that's exactly the same as being a yoga teacher and the more you practice the more time you put into that you know you're building up that knowledge and you're going to like what I've been teaching for the last six years and I how I teach now compared to how I was when I started is just so you know I've learned so much along that way so you know have to if you want to make a job out of it then you has to be be money involved Mm -hmm. so that so I was trying to work out how to again kind of differentiate myself and also uh make it as make it into more of a job um as well as like studio teaching is great but if you want to live off that you have to pretty much teach three four classes a day which realistically is, is is hard I mean there are a lot of teachers out there that do it and I really admire them um
0: is it difficult because if you're travelling between different studios that's difficult mm. but also giving that much energy yeah is that that's difficult then? yeah
1: it's really draining it's when you're a new teacher because you don't like when i when i used to teach at the start like you, you give every ounce of yourself and i still you know i'm fully 100% there when i teach but i've learned how to just manage that a little bit more and i think it it, it, it is like yoga you're very much it's so much like sharing of energy and you kind of people bring a lot into the class and and you you have that control to almost lift the mood of the room
0: definitely and I
1: think doing that like four or five times a day for an hour or two hour classes you're just you're exhausted Mm. and travel and then you have time you have to find time to do your own practice because if you're not practicing you're not teaching very well and I just found when I was when I was doing 10 to 12 classes a week I um, I could I wasn't managing it very well. I was mm-hmm. I was exhausted. I was almost like envious of my students because they were doing yoga <laughs> and I wasn't. And I was just like, this isn't I this isn't a good place for me to be. And mm-hmm. again, there are a lot of teachers that do it, and I and I definitely think it depends on your personality yeah. as well. Like I'm a massive introvert, and I and I know I kind of. That I, if I am around people for a long time, I need to go and have my own space, and I need to kind of like refuel. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, you know, some of you are like more extroverts, I guess, like they kind of uh, fired up from people and being around that. And I definitely know I'm, I'm the other way. And um, yeah, so I, so the brunch club idea really came from uh, from trying to. Also, these business modules, they they were like, well, think about what your other skill set is as well. You know, what you're not just, like, you're not just this training that you've you've kind of had X amount of years behind you doing what, like, how can that apply to your teaching and how can that kind of tie in together? And that really struck a chord in me. And I think I, because of um, my events uh, background and, and having that experience, I was like, well, this." something here I've I've got that knowledge um and I've got a lot of you know marketing knowledge and um sales and how can I kind of use that all as well as bringing that together with my teaching and I um I wanted to at the time get a lot of friends to try I just to practice teaching I was actually I just used to ask friends to come over to my house I had like two or three mates I'd just kind of set up some mats in the in the sitting room, and then um, we kind of either had breakfast or food after, and, and it was just it was a nice kind of exchange of our time, and it was a good way for me to practice teaching, and for them to try a bit of yoga. And then I was like, actually, I could definitely do something with this. And there was a little community. I lived in Brixton at the time, and there was a tiny little community center around the corner from my house. I used to pass by quite a lot, and. I saw they had a cafe and they also had a, a room that you could hire out for you know, tenner, mm. really like not not a lot of money. And I um, and I got I like went and had a chat with them and um, I was like, well, look, could I hire this room and then also could I use the cafe? I had like a little cafe next door because I was I was going to hire it when they were closed and. Um,
0: they were like, OK, no one's ever done that before, but uh,
1: I'm sure that would be OK. Um, and so I bought like 10 yoga mats and um, I used to cook up food at my house. And I I, I would love cooking. And I, I used to kind of pick a different theme and do kind of Vietnamese food or Spanish or um, something more kind of. Seasonal bit. Well, maybe not as (laughs) fancy about, but it was always really tasty. And I, um, and I'd get friends to, uh, I'd basically message friends and say, look, I'm going to do this. Do you want to come down um, next week? And then it really evolved from there. And I'd have friends who travel from North London to South London, which you know never happens. (laughs) I was like, "Hey, there must be something. (laughs) There must be something good here." And it was, it was such a nice way to spend an evening. So I used to do those evenings because I was in the cafe and it was closed. And people would come after work, we'd do like an hour class and um, a lot of them had never tried yoga before and they were a bit nervous and, you know, you're a bit more self-conscious, especially Mm -hmm. when you haven't done, you kind of, people just assume that they're going to know what to do, which (laughs) always amazes me. It's like, well, you're not (laughs) going to get into a car and suddenly know how to drive and you've never done And I think with yoga, you know, it's so much about building that connection with your body and how it moves and how it opens and, you know, just it's, it's such a beautiful way of building that connection with your breath and then the movement comes in and it was really trying to get people like that's not going to get across to people straight away but even just getting them aware of how they hold themselves and how where they maybe hold tightness in their shoulders or in their jaw you know there's little trigger points that we all have Mm -hmm. and we're just not always aware of it and um So we'd do an hours class and then we'd move into the cafe next door and I'd just heat up the food that I had and we'd kind of sit around a big table and it was just just such a nice way to spend an evening with friends and there wasn't any alcohol involved which again was was nice Mm. because I mean you know I I drink and 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 I like going out but it was a nice way to get together that didn't to involve the pub yeah. and it was still really social and you felt great like everyone mm. had it was really you know a nourishment for your body and then you go and eat those delicious nourishing food and so then from there I was like well this could definitely be bigger and um, I found a venue in Brixton called Brixton East. She's now sadly closed, but it was such a, you know, it was, oh, it was such a beautiful space. I loved it. I loved it. And um, again, and I also, because I was living in South London at the time, and a lot of events and things happen all the way over in East London, mm. so I really wanted to be like, well, no, come on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> come on. I mean, like, there's so much going on in Brixton now these days, but when, like, this is about uh, four, four years ago, four years ago, so it definitely, and there wasn't really anything like it. And I looked online; I couldn't find any yoga brunch events. I mean, now like yeah, being like, <laughs> undated. but I was
0: like, <laughs> you started it. <laughs>
1: I I I was, and I think I love I love I love breakfast. Like that me, my favorite meal. And yeah. brunch, you know, just best because you can just eat loads of different things. And um, I I thought um, like these events are done with my friends. It was that way of kind of convincing people to uh, come, if they wanted to try the yoga, they knew they were going to get a really tasty meal
0: afterwards,
1: so I <laughs> not like bribing them, but I think it was that idea of making it a really welcoming, really unintimidating space where like yoga can be what I found, especially when I was training. And when I was teaching, you know, there's so many incredible studios these days, and it's, it's it's just, it's really wonderful to see how much the industry's grown, but I think there are a lot of spaces where you go into a class and all these people are like, you know, they're lying down on their mats with like a bolster and props, or they're mm. like jumping into some crazy handstand, and you know, if you're going there for the first
0: time, you're like, oh my God, like what is this like crazy like, cult? <laughs> like, yeah, and I think that if it is your first class, you haven't quite got to that point I really like it when teachers sort of remind students that uh, yoga is, is about you and it's about that connection. Mm. And if you're really tired, you can just be in child's pose for the whole class. Yeah, I think a lot there's this perception that it's all about the shapes, but that actually it's much more about the connection. No, and
1: your breath, like that's yeah. the that's the biggest. If you can take anything away from the class, is to learn actually how to breathe properly. A lot of us we. We don't. It sounds crazy. Obviously, you breathe without thinking, <laughs> but a lot of people tend to breathe kind of from the top of their chest. So you're not really using the full capacity of your lungs. And actually, with yoga, you're really taught to learn how to kind of do full, deep belly breaths. Which instantly, like if you, you were sat there on the tube or at home, even now, and you just placed your hands on your belly and you just took like three full deep breaths. You, with your eyes closed, you will instantly feel palmer, because you're just, your focus is on that kind of wave-like motion, and it's, it's, I think, that's, that sometimes gets a bit lost, mm-hmm. and I think yoga, yeah, you can, once you've done it a lot, you know, you can maybe do some of those, like, fun yeah. <laughs> inversions, or, like, Mad shapes, but I think if that's where your goal comes from, start. And you know, people do get into it from a fitness point of view, or they want to tone up and become more flexible. But actually, often you can see the longer people do it, then they they let go of that, and then they start to learn more about different breathing techniques, different types of practice. There's so many styles now, and mm. much more kind of slower pace. And I think actually, you know, we live fast-paced lives constantly kind of running from meetings to, you know, fitness class to coffee to drinks. And I think actually if you can have an hour in your day, it just reminds you to slow down a bit, to soften as well, to soften your body and not hold everything so tightly. Now I think I I live in Bristol, but I, I used to live in London and it's funny kind of coming down here and like... You can kind of well actually it's not i think it's a city living uh, you people do you know you kind of just hold yourself like you know you're on the tube and everything you you kind of all crushed in together so you're always gonna like your shoulders gonna be hunched up and i think if you can just be reminded to really like not grip and tighten and hold and you can be just reminding your muscles to soften release you're gonna be a calmer happier person. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think um, going back to like the idea of where the Yoga Punch Club started, that from the community centre and then moving into Breaks the Nice, the kind of experience around how I wanted it to be really evolved. And I'd say I, I wanted to teach and have yoga in beautiful venues and beautiful spaces. Again, taking that idea of, you know, if you go to a yoga studio, this is how it looks, this is how it feels. Whereas if you're in a space where maybe yoga doesn't normally happen, you're going to go in completely Mm open-minded and just kind of take on the experience and, and see what happens. And, um... And, and, yeah, and then it's pretty much grown from there. I mean, the shape of the events has changed massively. Like, at the start, I was, like, doing it with a few friends and we were, like... Because, obviously, we like, the and New Space could hold, like, 40 people. And um, at the time, that was when... I mean, supper Club's are still pretty big now, but I think mm. I was going to a lot of supper Clubs before, and I, I really loved that idea of being in someone's house or, you know, the connections you make and um, the... the the different types of food that would be served up and um when we did the Brooks and East event, um then me and a friend were leading the classes and then uh we were also with another mate making food. <laughs> oh my gosh. And so much fun. <laughs> yeah it was it was crazy. Like we used <laughs> to like cook all the food like at my house and um we'd like spend a whole weekend like the events on a Sunday morning we'd be there from like like Friday night to all day Saturday just <laughs> cooking like and 40 people you know so they eat a lot of food and, yeah uh, I mean it, it was really again a massive learning curve because I've done every aspect of the event mm-hmm. from the start so I know how all the roles work and I know how uh how much work every part of it is um but uh, once I'd done two in and News and done all the food, um, the girl that was doing it with, um, I think they, they couldn't commit as much time to it, and I really wanted it to grow into something um, bigger and probably more slick as well. It just mm. felt like there was, there, was, there was a huge interest in it, it felt like it had um it could go a lot further and i was at the time i was working with a company called grub club yeah, yeah. did you are they yeah, still they, going
0: no, they, they stopped they changed into oh, to eat with
1: oh really yeah. oh god yeah they were great they were weird they were brilliant platforms to help me mm. out with things. um i forgot what their founder was called, but she was great she helped out so much and i think it was because i think when the idea was when I had the idea, it was like, well, how do I sell the tickets, and how do I market this, and how do I get that audience, and that Grub Club was a really good um, lay-in for me, and I eventually then uh, decided to sell them myself, and, and set up a website, and um, do the tickets through that, um, but Grub Club was a, was a really good starting point, and they were really helpful for just things that you have never thought about, and... Um, they had a really big reach, and am sad that they're not going anywhere.
0: Because <laughs> it is difficult. I was speaking to someone the other day. If you don't have a, if you don't have an Instagram account, oh. and you don't have, I'm not sure how else people promote things. <laughs> and you don't have a newsletter yeah. of people because you haven't built cause it's your first right. event because you haven't built that up. Where do you go to? Uh... I know
1: it's funny and it's kind of especially now and obviously. All the social medias. Like when I, I remember starting off a in the Instagram account for Yoga Bunch Bluff, and I got really, I love Instagram, I spend way too much time on it. <laughs> I'm really trying to like cut my time on it, and you do just end up in a little black hole sometimes, in not day. Mm. But it's an amazing tool, and I, you know, I say it has lifted my business hugely um, just through the connections and collaborations I've made through it because I like initially going from doing the food and the yoga uh, all myself and with friends, um, then I ended up getting different chefs and different supper clubs at the time, um, to actually take over the food side of things so I could really focus on event organisation and the yoga, and, um, but I'd say, like, if you are, yeah, if you are starting out on, like, for the first time, I mean, there's still, there's so much room for stuff, I think it's, it's actually just, um, I think it's just getting getting out there and you've got to start somewhere. You know, mm. Yeah, it's pretty daunting when it's like zero people on the count or something. But, you know, you get friends, people, yeah. family, and then it just... No
0: connections with yeah. people, fellow like-minded people yeah, in the industry.
1: absolutely. I think that's been a huge part of my journey is it's the people that I've worked with, the chefs, the cooks, the yoga teachers, the photographers, it's it's definitely you know a real collaboration. Which although I work for myself, it's it's so nice to have that those those, those collaborations because they just add so much to your event. It's just every every event I do, I'm really do about two a month um, right now, and each one feels so unique because I mean I often work with people again, but the chefs change or. I teach the classes, or I get guest teachers in, and um, the whole like experience of the event from when you walk in to class and then sitting down. I I get I I love just having a really beautiful styled table and and menus, and and then the food comes out. And I think whole session is such a experience that then you you take away and hopefully feel really good after it <laughs> all
0: definitely how did you go about finding or how do you go about finding those collaborations with chefs people that are going to be doing the food
1: so when i when i was first kind of starting up um i i'd reach out to people some friends were running their own supper club uh, at the time and they um they got involved and did did the food for the first couple and I think having great photographers actually has been a massive way I think I've managed to reach a lot of people because not if you're running an event you don't have time to take photos you just don't like you click one and then you look back at it later it's usually blurry (laughs) yeah yeah no exactly and I I think the the very first one we did in Brixton East well, oh, maybe it was the second one. Like, we last minute got a mate of a mate to do photos, and actually, they were incredible pictures. And that then meant we could um, advertise and promote, and you could see, you know, pictures just you know, I would say a thousand words, or whatever they say. Like, it's people know exactly what to expect, yeah, yeah, exactly. They, no, and you get. can't necessarily people want to, like, they you know. You, there are always going to be these people that will just sign up to something when they have no idea what it is. But mm-hmm. most of the time, Not many. <laughs> yeah, they they like to see. They want
0: to yeah. show their
1: friends or family where they're going. And um, so, for the first few, I was mainly working like or uh, through friends of friends and, and people that I knew were doing like pop ups and, and then, Like I said at the time, there was quite a lot of soccer clubs and it was. Um, it, I ended up working with the same people for the first few but then once the events were growing and I had all these great pictures and the venues it the Brixton East venue was absolutely beautiful and I had a really nice relationship with the owner there and he did let us use it on a Sunday and I think um, the pictures of the space and doing yoga there really then sold it to people and then the events were growing and getting busier and um, then I'd reach out to more chefs pretty much through Instagram that is being. Mm.
0: has been I don't think there's maybe
1: like recommendations or what mouth yeah. or people have put me in touch with other people but definitely from from the start just messaging chefs and following and following different food and individuals or cooks that I, I loved and I love their food and I very much at the heart of the of the events and from when I started it up, I wanted food to be just as much an important thing as the yoga. Like equal part. Yeah, because I think often when you go to you can go to retreats, um, yoga retreats. I just did my my first one a, a few weeks that ago. Beautiful. Oh, it was it was it was so much fun! It was a really wonderful weekend, and it was funny because loads of people came on that, and a few people were like oh, we were really nervous that we were going to be hungry. Like, we were going to, like, <laughs> loads of people brought extra snacks. And they were like, yeah, we were just really, like, worried that we weren't going to have very much food. And I was like, have you seen my events? Like, you look at the photos. So you know, much. Sweet. Yeah. And I think I want, the, I want it to be like a feast, like it's a 3 brunch. Yeah. Like, you know, some people do, you know, you see yoga, breakfast or yoga brunches online mine now and they just serve up a bowl of granola and I'm like that's not brunch <laughs> that isn't brunch that's breakfast like I think if you're gonna have breakfast you you've got to have different courses and, and it doesn't have to be eggs but there's different textures and flavors mm-hmm. and colors in there and I I yeah so the the real like heart of the idea as well was that yoga can very much end up being this kind of detox vegan world and I don't think it has to necessarily be that. I mean, the brunches are mostly vegetarian or pretty much all vegetarian but, and, you know, obviously, people come with different dietaries and that will always be catered for but I think I, I wanted it to feel that it wasn't just an, like an energy board and a lettuce mm, leaf yeah. and those were the chefs and the cooks that I really sought
0: out. And like you said, it's going to be nourishing, nourishing... Your body through yoga, yeah. and then you're nourishing it through mm. food. Yeah. And that can be done, yeah, with just really delicious. Yeah. And it's courses. still healthy. And, and socially as well. Yeah,
1: exactly. No, and that was an, another like, thing. There's, there's so many threads that pull the events together that I wanted people to interact and to mm. meet and to connect. You go to a yoga class, you roll up your mat and you leave. And actually, often you're going to, you know, you're going to have, um, you're probably going to have similar interests to a yeah. lot of the people in the room. And you kind of miss out on, on that. I think, you know, you've got running clubs and cycling things and yoga. Yeah. Obviously, that's changed a lot now. But when when I was starting up the brunch clubs, there really wasn't that... There wasn't those, those kind of situations where you could, other than maybe going on a retreat. And uh, a lot of people come on their own to my events, which I, I love. A you know, lot of people come with their friends, mums, partners. But people really see it as a place to... Um, make new friendships Like I've had so many people that have messaged me who who like kind of ended up going so, on like they've gone on holiday or like in Bristol I see people out for like little coffee <laughs> dates I love I love that it's really cute. or people have moved to the city and they don't really know anyone and they you know it's they come to an event which is a scary thing
0: to come to on your own but it's scary but maybe that's a it feels like a safer environment mm. to do so because yeah. like you said there's that similar interest And then you're going to be eating together and you're going to be sharing the food. So, I don't know, it feels like the conversation, you've got a bit of conversation to work on. No,
1: totally. And I think, I think actually it's a really lovely experience to come to on your own as well, just because you're going to make that effort to Mm -hmm. talk to other people and have those interactions that maybe if you were there with a friend, you wouldn't necessarily do. And, um... I know that a lot of people, especially in Bristol, that come to my events on their own just keep coming back <laughs> on their own, and, or they bring like five friends with them, which is great too. But yeah. I think it's nice. It, it, I think you. There aren't many things that actually you would go to on your own, which is which is which is silly anyway, because you end up not doing it. Well, you know, mm. you want to book a ticket and you're waiting for a friend, and yeah. then it never <laughs> happens, and then it sells out, or you miss the yeah. event, and actually, okay. I think just
0: go, do it. You'll it's have fun. It. <laughs> yeah. How do you work with the chefs to create the menus? Do you kind of have a process for that?
1: Mm. So we normally... Um, I, I don't actually ever release the menus before the event uh, just because if things change or ingredients, um, yeah. you know, maybe these last-minute things. I um, also quite like it to be a surprise on the day. Um, and I, again, when people like see the pictures of the events they know they're going to be eating really tasty, delicious, healthy food. And um, I we it's always three quarters. Um, sometimes that's like starts with a savory and then another savoury and sweet or it's like sweet, savory, sweet. And it kind of depends on what the chef wants to do. Um I normally have a few kind of I normally know what works now and, yeah. and can see menus and see how it's gonna be plated up and sometimes I'll like shift things around or suggest other options or if the chef I'm working with really like um doing one with um, Lauren Lovat in a few weeks, and, and she's just opened up Plant Hub, you know, and yeah, and she's like absolutely, she's great, incredible chef. She's just doing such inspiring things, but she's really dessert focused, like that's her specialty. So when we did our, our brunch together, she we kind of made the dessert like the best part of the menu. But I'd say, I mean, my, mainly the chefs I work with are fantastic, and they know what to serve up yeah. and they they 100% lead on the menu I might just offer a few suggestions or things that might work like as sharing plates because again that comes as part of the events is that it's getting people to not just cling on to their little starter <laughs> or their pudding but actually be like oh you know passing dishes yeah. and I think that again really encourages conversation so I definitely like to bring that into all of the events where, where we can do
0: yeah and part of sort of Yoga Brunch Club is that you you run the events in lots of different interesting venues. Mm. So what is that like? What is it like finding the venues mm. initially? And then also what is it like setting having to set up in completely different places every time? Yeah,
1: it's definitely a challenge. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I definitely make it harder for myself <laughs> and afterwards I'm like, Oh my god, i never doing that again. <laughs> I London is full of it, like we were saying earlier, like you just can find, like, you know, you can live here for 10, 15 years and not even know something exists. Mm-hmm. And I love that about this city. It's it's so exciting and it's such, it's it's nice to kind of just still keep discovering it. And I think that's what, with the events, um, people get really excited to come to venues that they've never seen before. Mm-hmm. they never, and they just, and they like, walk through the door and they're like, this is like we've done, we done ones on like a canal boat or did one um, down in Peckham in this old asylum which was beautiful but yeah that was a really tough one to pull off. And I think it's basically, it does take a lot of research. I try and use venues, if I find a venue I really like I try and use it multiple times but then also bring in different varying ones every couple of months just to mix it up a little bit. Um, mm-hmm and, uh, you know, challenge myself and bring in um, people who come to like. I have a huge amount of repeat um, Mm. clients that come, or customers, I guess, that come to each event. And I think to, yeah, I I try and mix it up and have different venues and different, it it just to, because there's so many cool places to do yoga and Mm. that's, you know, actually practicing yoga in a beautiful space. is is pretty magical and when you're moving and breathing in like a room of 30, 40 people, it's it's, it's a really beautiful experience.
0: And there are often spaces that you wouldn't otherwise have access to? Yeah, no,
1: I try and do that where I can. I've done a few, I did some pop-ups at Liberties. um, I loved that, yeah, with Mira. Yeah, yeah, and I did with Joey. Joey O'Hare, he's been on yeah. the podcast. Um, we did the we did the first ones, and then me and Mira did them year before last, and that was that was that was really special. Yeah, we went in before the store opened. I love that. And then we did the the brunch um, in oh, yeah in this like beautiful room that you never actually ever get too into. I forgot the name of it, but it was like um, the old like study, basically <laughs> of, of, of the owner of Liberties, and it's all like wooden clad on the inside. And that was, and we had like Liberty flowers on the tables and Liberty goodie bags. Oh
0: my gosh! Yeah,
1: <laughs> it, they were they were really really special events. Yeah, I'm hoping we get to do I get to do something like that again. Um, but then I, you know, I also get to work with just really a lot of individuals, a lot of. New venues like you came to the Tart one, beautiful. Yeah, the Wild My Tart yeah. restaurant, I'm, I'm doing some more with them in June. That's um, awesome. um, they um, their their restaurant is huge, biggest
0: in London, yeah.
1: I know, and I, I think the plan is for it to open up in May. Mm. And um, me and Lily Silverton are doing those, those events, she's a yoga teacher, and um, that's definitely a, a really great space to be in when you're in a venue, isn't, isn't quite did not quite open, or like you said, like, it's like you've got secret access. Yeah, no, totally, and it was the same with the Liberty ones, and then mm. I've done some, I've done Wilderness Festival for the last few years, which has been a lot of fun, uh, and that's a totally different experience, trying to create something in the middle of the field, it's <laughs> yeah. pretty
0: mad, but. Cooking in the middle of the field, it's
1: funny. Yeah, fun. but I get, they always have really great chefs there, that they team teamed me up with, so I did one with Deliciously Ello a few years ago, and then Last summer was fab with this company called Hodgepodge that just made like giant bats of shakshuka. I oh so, oh yeah, was a hard yeah." But yeah, I think the venues that that is a really fun part for me. It takes research and it takes a lot of time, and also with mean, a lot of the venues, you, you, they they like working with you and they know you. Well, mm-hmm. So you have to put that time in building up relationships with them, and often it cuts out a huge amount of admin if you're going back to spaces and if they get on with you, then they tend to want you there more so it's kind of seeking out those venues that I can use again and then also bringing in new ones that are really unique and yeah again somewhere where you wouldn't necessarily practice yoga like when we did the one in the canal boat we were doing yoga in the middle of Paddington Basin and it was like beautiful weather but it was you know it was like was no one around because it's on Saturday morning at like 10 a.m. In the sun, that was, that was pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. So, I'm um, yeah, I'm always on the lookout for different places. Well, a lot of people get in touch with me now as well, mm-hmm. which is nice. Me. And the same with the chefs as well, I think. Yeah. Because I think when you create something that people then want to be part of, mm-hmm. then that's, again, where you find, like, the canal boat. Uh, it was um, a lady called Cara, and she came to one of my events, and she was building it. Uh, it's called the Boathouse. She was building it up, and um, she was like, oh, "Do you want to come do a yoga event here?" And actually, that's often where you just find stuff that you wouldn't find Lily the internet. Yeah, you might even. not have found it. Yeah, and um, while well, by Tar, but I was me and Lily had done a bit of work together, and, and, and she she invited me in to do those events. And so, yeah, I think it's making those again those connections, those uh, relationships, those collaborations with people. Is so much a part of it so you do have to I mean I hate that word networking but you do have like that you do have to meet people and you do have to put the time in and mm. it helps as well you, you know be a nice person like <laughs> <laughs> just chat to people as well and yeah. huge amounts come out of random conversations I've just had during a brunch or uh
0: yeah, I think networking makes you think of like a, a stuffy room and, and Yeah. But actually in practice, like going to events, going to supper clubs, mm. it's it can be much more relaxed mm. than
1: that. Yeah, and often if people like working with you, I have a really lovely relationship with a lot all the chefs they work with and they'll then have friends or put me in touch with different different chefs and different cooks that they think we'd work well together, um, which is which is great. I I, I, I love those kind of connections. It's, yeah. it's, it again adds so much to each event. I think the events have got better and better over the years because it's not just it's not just me. It's not just my ideas, but it's it's chefs, it's artists, it's really talented photographers or filmmakers. I had one filmed a few. Few years ago, with, or was it two years ago with Equinox.
0: That's mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, they
1: came and filmed one of my brunch clubs at Brixton, and that was quite a funny experience. They were like in my house. Uh, <laughs> I was like making breakfast in the morning, and I like, had to like pretend like cycle a bike like, down the road, and um, and then they filmed the brunch club. But it's that I think that again, it's kind of having you can show people what they're going to experience when they come to them, mm. and uh, obviously not give everything away, but they can feel like they're part of it
0: yeah. and you pull in a lot of creatives to mm. help you with the event but do you actually have any help organizing and planning
1: <laughs> you know that's no. very much me <laughs> oh
0: I my know. gosh I know it's like my plan wow. is
1: to really I'd love to grow a team or have a like a have a, one or two people working with me a bit more yeah. it's I think that's it is a difficult it's a difficult model to Build a team out of, and I—I I mean, I have assistants on the day that um, who I've worked with for a number of years now, and they are great. And they're like often yoga teachers or freelancers in the food world, or just become mates, and they—they, they, yeah, I couldn't run the day without them. Um, but at the moment, it's me full time, and then I. Um, I've had a few assistants kind of help with a bit part time help part time work, but mm-hmm. that would definitely that's really that's the kind of direction I want to go in is actually to putting plans in place to have someone manage the events in London or at least some of the events, which just frees up my time to be able to grow grow the business and allow it to pop up in different cities. I'd love to do a few little. And the retreats is an area I really want to grow. The it's such a the weekend we had not just we were just outside of Oxford and Vista. Um, that was that was such a that was just something I wanted to do for a long time. It's something I've been dreaming up for ages, and having a whole weekend with people because it's, it's such a, it's such a different experience being mm-hmm. able to actually connect to people and have in-depth chats and sit around a fire and really, you know, a lot of people that came to the retreat have come to loads of my events, so a lot of people I've got to know really well and just be able to like hang out and spend a weekend with yeah. them and eat delicious food and be in a big old country house and do yoga and have, you know, long practices, like two-hour classes where you actually really get to learn and take away things rather than sometimes, you know, you can go to the studio and you're just doing... Forty-five minute class in your day, so I think um, I definitely I'm trying to work out ways to actually kind of have more of a team or more of a support, so I can make the events do more. Because mm. you know, the great thing is, is that they're, they're really popular, which is wonderful. People yeah. love it, and they come back all the time. and think To be able to, I don't want to do it so they're kind of every weekend because I think they are a treat and yeah. they are oh, a lovely thing to maybe go to once a month. and
0: To be able to reach more places.
1: Yeah, and to be able to do some, like I've done a few Hendys, which should be really fun, <laughs> or like I'm organising someone's birthday party at the moment. They're having like <laughs> a party and having a front club and, and doing um, some. Yeah, that that that's quite a fun thing to do. So. Mm. You can really make them really personal. With yeah. That person, so yeah, but at the
0: moment it's it's just me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm amazed. <laughs> I can't believe that. Should we talk about some lifestyle? Yeah. Do you structure your week in any particular way? Um. Oh, I wish I was one of those people that I could say I have, like... i would saying mostly
1: say no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't, know. I, I, I mean, I have, like, I teach yoga. So I, I live in Bristol now. I was, I was living in London for 10 years and then maybe moved to Bristol two years ago. Um, and I teach in a studio there called Pure Yoga. So I, I don't teach full-time. I, I said that. I think I wanted to make that something that wasn't going to necessarily take up all my time. I mean, most of my time is yoga, food related, mm. but I wanted to, um, I wanted to keep a certain amount of classes a week. So I just teach two classes a week, which is a really nice, really nice thing.
0: It keeps you in it. Yeah. And
1: it adds that structure to my week yeah. because I teach on Tuesdays and Fridays and I kind of always know that those are there and then I, around that, I, I tend to, to pretty much every day it's it's, you know, it's brunch club work and it's admin and emails and I'm trying to at least be kind of three months ahead of myself each time. So I've got events that are in the diary and that are online and then I'm planning for the next three months. So it's having that availability and making those connections and finding those new venues that takes up a lot of my time. Mm-hmm. And... Also, just having more, more um, time for content, that's something I'm trying to build into my week at the moment, build up um, more of a blog and have things that I can offer people that if they can't come to events, then they can, they can come through, they can read something else or uh, interact with other areas that I'm interested in. So, no, I don't have, like my, my day, you know, it will start off, I'd normally get up and I'll either go for a run or I'll do yoga. Um, I always like to start with a bit of movement. I just really feel that helps set me up for the day. Um, And then always make time for breakfast. (laughs) Like porridge or toast or eggs. and, And then normally I'll work at home and have a meeting probably once a day or like a couple during the week. And then around that I... We'll try and go to a yoga class normally, maybe not every day, but I like to go to different studios, meet different teachers, and also you learn so much from other classes, actually just attending people's, especially if like, I haven't done a training for a bit, it's nice to go to a class and just um, pick up um, and be inspired. And and then I often will try and go work in a cafe in the afternoon, um, go for a swim, big fan of the Lido, Bristol. So beautiful. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That that is Streaming. yeah, it is it's like a little <laughs> oasis yeah in the middle of the city and it's like especially the last few days when the weather's been so beautiful mm. and just I just go work in the cafe, I go to a swim and I do spend a lot of time on my own but I'm I'm ha- like I'm on I don't mind that. I know some people go stare crazy I do I do get a lot of distractions so I kind of try and set up systems where I actually have like I use Trello a lot and actually have things that I can really, you know, try and have... I'm trying to get into a place where I can do more, like, batch working so I can tick things off because often I'm balancing so many events at yeah. the same time. It can be quite easy to feel pretty overwhelmed. Yeah, so I'd say if I could get to that place where you, you know, have, like, theme days, I feel like I would be super productive. I'm just... Not quite.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like you always need that element of flexibility. But you mm-hmm. want to do like a batch of emails. You're going to do a couple of hours yeah. of bashing out loads of emails that you need to send. But sometimes when it comes in, and you just have to deal with it. No, and...
1: absolutely. Well, I work really well with deadlines, so yeah. I kind of try and put them in for myself. But it doesn't doesn't always happen. And often, because I I mean, I run the Brand Club full-time, free free, full but then I also work, and I teach, and then I... Um, I teach for on other retreats or work mm. with collaborations and doing stuff for different businesses, and that takes up that sometimes does take up or take away the time that I'm putting into the brunch club. So it's yeah, it's finding the balance between all of that. But I I've got quite a good rhythm and I'm quite used to working like at home and actually really focusing my time. But yeah, distractions <laughs> happen. But I think. Really human. <laughs> yeah
0: I think so and how do you find it decompressing after an event because mm. most of your events are on the weekend yeah and as much as they give you a lot of energy they also take yeah. a lot of energy No. It's so it's... are you quite good at giving yourself a day off in the middle of the week or how do you find that yeah I, I really try and
1: I I'm sometimes really good at it and sometimes <laughs> I just not and it is that classic thing when you work for yourself you almost feel guilty sometimes about, like, taking off on Monday, which is crazy, but... And I'm definitely... I'm, I'm getting so much better at that and actually blocking out time and really not looking at when you're actually taking a day off. I'm like, I just leave my computer at home, like, take a book to a cafe or just go for a swim or go, for, go to a class and really try and enjoy that time. But it is... Yeah, I mean, the events are... If you, if you run events, you know, you get a huge amount of adrenaline from them, mm-hmm. and there's such a, there's an amazing feeling after it, and you just get such a buzz and a high, and after my retreat, I was <laughs> I, was, I was broken, I definitely, like, it had been a crazy weekend though, because we had that mad snowfall on oh the gosh. Friday, and then so I was worried s-
0: about everyone.
1: Yeah, and luckily everyone made it, apart from my mum was coming, she got snowed in, <laughs> She made it on the Saturday, but um, we, uh, yeah, after that weekend, I think because you were just hosting and you're on, and I was teaching on it as well, and you're just, you know, you're that person. So the Sunday night, and I was driving, and I just, yeah, I was, I had nothing to give on the Sunday mm-hmm. night. I got home, and yeah, my boyfriend was like, wow, what's wrong with <laughs> you? I literally just got into bed and had a bath and didn't speak till like the next morning and I think like I was saying before I definitely I I love being around people but that does suck a lot of my energy so Mm. I really need to like actually carve out the time like if I have worked all weekend like January was 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 a busy busy month I
0: had a lot of events
1: yeah I had yeah I did four in yeah. a month and then a retreat and I was yeah I definitely packed a lot in but I I definitely I'm good at taking time off I do I you know I think it's I think it's important and it's I with the job I was in um before when I was working at the school of life I didn't have enough of a work-life balance and I think moving and working for myself I really wanted to make sure that I had a much better balance, so I can, you know, that is that is the joy of working for yourself. You can take a weekend off or a week off. You have to obviously balance out work, but I think to be able to be in charge of your own time is just the, the best part of working for yourself. And there's a lot of things that you, you know, there's a lot of difficult things you have to work through, but I think being able to be my own boss is, um, one of my favourite things. It is hard, you know, because you kind of have to make all the decisions and you don't really have anyone to bounce off. So mm. I miss that, I miss working with a team. But I think um, if I have worked a full weekend, I really try and take a Monday off because I notice if I don't, I just don't work very well. Yeah. Like I'm not productive, I'm kind of exhausted for the rest of the week. So actually, I need to take off that time and kind of refuel. And then I'm so much more I just want to be there more because I think yeah. often if you work for yourself and you do work all the time because you love the work you're gonna burn out with it a bit you need you need that time away from it because otherwise you just go a bit stale with ideas mm-hmm. and it does become just this like you know you can get a bit complacent or it just becomes this constant cycle and you want to go back and be like really energized and full of beans. and Full of ideas, and I think actually taking that time off, I've noticed is it—it's it, it's really important.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I think that's so nice. And where do you see the future for yoga brunch clubs? We mentioned different cities and mm. more retreats.
1: Yeah, I think at the moment, I guess it's—it's it's, it's a nice pace right now. I think if I had. Um, some more people working with me on it, it could grow and we could reach more people. And the retreats just opens up another world, another kind of avenue to be able to take stuff abroad, which I'd love to do. Um, And, yeah, I think being able to have more of a team is a real goal I want to work towards. And I'm still figuring out what that is and what that looks like think that that's, that's going
0: to be my uh my kind of route and goals this year yeah. that's, that's, that's exciting <laughs> yeah <laughs> thank you so much oh thank you thank, thank you me. nice to be on <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for listening to this episode you can find clem at yoga brunch club on instagram you can find tickets to her events at yogabrunchclub.com. And if you're enjoying this series, please do leave us a review and five stars over on iTunes. Come and find us on Instagram at What's Cooking Podcast, on Twitter at What's Cooking Pod, or drop us an email to the What's Cooking Podcast at gmail.com.